0: After the Denver Broncos loss in week four, did they drop anywhere in the Locked On NFL power rankings? Sarah Bettiger myself, we break it down. Plus, we take a look at which members of the Denver Broncos, which players deserve more playing time. We break it all down on today's brand new episode, Locked On Broncos. You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the south stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Adam Schefter. I mean, Cody Rourke joined alongside by co-host Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we covered the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown NFL Network and Nine News. You can get this podcast available free and everywhere you get your podcast, not to mention on YouTube. You can watch us, so make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications. It would mean the world to Sarah and myself if you made Lockdown Broncos your go-to every single day on video. And we also want to thank everybody that makes Lockdown Broncos their first listen of the day. For all things, Deborah Broncos really, but Sarah, my friend, look, we got some power rankings as voted on by the entire Tegna staff, the locked on network. And the Broncos, that, you know, sitting in a decent spot here. We'll talk about that in a minute, but how you doing, my man?
1: Doing great, Cody. You know, I, I think it's awesome, man. Like, we get some really great comments. You you shot it out almost every episode, and I think that's great, and I love engaging with the commenters. And I think somebody tried to take a dig at us yesterday by saying that we look <laughs> like we just graduated high school, but I personally am going to take that as long as I can get it. So I want to thank you for your backhanded compliment whoever that was who commented it. But, man, we'll take looking young as long as we can, right?
0: Man, I tell you what, I'm the most young-looking tattooed dude in America, I guess, (laughs) if that's the case there. But, uh, obviously, great to see you, as always, Sarah. You know, the Locked On... NFL power rankings. And look, the the Techna, if you don't know, I mean, it controls affiliates for ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox. We have analysts from all across the United States. So it's not just members of the Lockdown NFL Network that vote on this. It's anchors for all these major news sites as well. So the consensus here is that the Denver Broncos, they come in at number 14, Sarah, and they didn't move a single spot from last week. This is exactly where they were at, and this is coming off of a loss to the Baltimore Ravens. And now, in your opinion, do you feel like they maybe should have dropped after this loss, or do you feel like it's a solid placement for them?
1: I do think it's a solid placement, Cody. I feel like over the course of the first three weeks, you know, power rankings are so subjective. But like you said, these are a compilation of rankings from people across the country who are watching the games, who are kind of watching different other teams and ranking them maybe too high or too low based on how much they watch of each team. So I think the Broncos almost got really slowly crept up that list in the first place. And so it was was kind of reflective of the just – people wondering, is this for real? Is this team for real? And I think where they're at 14 right now, a three and one record, you've got three wins against, you know, poor teams and you've got a loss against a good team. So I think it's pretty accurate right above the middle of the NFL. That's right where I think the Denver Broncos are right now. And they have a chance now as we get, you know, further into the season to prove they deserve to be higher on that list. So as the schedule gets tougher, we'll see how how much higher or, or lower they go on this list.
0: And that's the big key for the Broncos this week, Sarah. Everyone's talking about you know what what do we want to see from them? we just want to see a resilient team right talking to players in that locker room they're very tight knit they're very close together and they believe that they can turn things around they can believe that they can overcome you know this mishap that they had on sunday and look baltimore smacked them in the mouth and they never recovered from it and that's an early on test and you know we said it all week how you respond is going to be the big determining factor there even vic fangio said that but I, i i believe we're going to see a resilient effort by the broncos on sunday against the steelers now the steelers they're not that good in terms of their record, but they still have a lot of players. They still have concepts to that team that can absolutely impact the Denver Broncos in a negative manner. And obviously we'll get into more of that as we talk with uh, locked on Steelers host, Chris Carter on tomorrow's episode, lockdown Broncos our crossover Thursday. But with that said, looking at the rest of the AFC West here, Sarah, it's very interesting because right now you have a three-way tie for first place in AFC West between the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Raiders. Obviously, the Chargers handing the Raiders their first loss of the season on Monday Night Football. And then you have the Kansas City Chiefs who are bottom of the division, obviously beating Philadelphia this past weekend. Interesting enough, though, in these power rankings, the Kansas City Chiefs, they come in at number 6 above the Broncos. Above the Raiders and above the Chargers, and you have the Chargers coming in at number ten. The Raiders are at number twelve. So the AFC West representing at least in the top half of the power rankings for the National Football League this year. Your thoughts on really kind of the placement amongst the AFC West division rivals? Well, it's really interesting. The, the Chargers just beat the
1: Chiefs, if memory serves me right, and uh, and so I, I think that's very interesting. Like I was kind of saying to you before we started recording today, Cody, I feel like just as as little as people believed in the Denver Broncos. Was at 3 0. I don't think anybody really buys the Chiefs' losses as a long term issue, although their defense has played kind of bad. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. But man, I think the Chargers, they deserve a lot of respect right now. I mean, their only loss is to a Dallas team that I think Dallas is is looking really good on both sides of the ball this year as well. So it's. It's just one of those things where man it's it's tough luck for the Denver Broncos to be kind of in a it's not a weekly must win situation but like this season is a must win type of you know vibe all around it you got to get to the playoffs you got to win probably at least double digit games for guys to keep jobs and things like that so it really, it's tough luck for the Broncos to have this tough of a division. I mean, these teams all look really good. They've all beaten good teams already, and the Broncos have yet to prove that, so I think that that's going to be something worth watching as we progress.
0: I do agree with you there, and look, like we've said on the show, the Broncos, they don't get to choose who they play in their schedule. They took care of business against teams they should have taken care of business from. They they laid an egg in that second half, I and mean, really in that second quarter and the rest of the game against the Baltimore Ravens. No excuses. They lost They got smacked in the mouth. It's how they respond there. But, you know, I I feel like a lot of Broncos fans, and rightfully so, it's hard when you watch football and you see it from the standpoint. When you see the Chargers, when you see the Raiders, and you see the Chiefs, when they're putting up points and they're scoring and they're just having this offensive output. I think from covering the Denver Broncos, and I know Broncos fans from watching these games, It's kind of concerning, and it makes you feel hopeless. So I understand where Broncos fans are coming from there, but I also want to kind of throw back to to last season. We were watching the Chiefs' offense, the Chargers' offense last year, the Raiders' offense. How did the Broncos do against them? Now, I'd say that first Raiders game might be an anomaly in that second half because they absolutely got shredded on the ground in the run game by the Raiders. But the Broncos' offense really did a lot to limit what Justin Herbert was doing to other people, and they also held the Chiefs to some of the worst output on the offensive side of the ball. Remember that first matchup, too, holding the Chiefs' to 0 for 8 on third down. The biggest issue last year for the Broncos against those teams, it was their offense, not the defense. It was their offense. So, I find solace in some of those things. But then again, it's a new year. Things can change. Can the Broncos offense step up to the challenge when they play these teams? Look, the Raiders, that matchup's coming up here in two weeks, Sarah. That's going to be a good one here. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. Both Sarah and myself, we're going to dive into the discussion as to which Denver Broncos players we feel like deserve more playing time considering maybe some limited action that we've seen or some other players that are struggling in that position that maybe they could overtake. We're going to get that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode of the show. It's our friend over there at get upside and you'll never ever have to pay full price at the gas pump ever again if you download the get upside app today which is available in your google play or your other app stores and what it does for listeners of lockdown broncos if you sign up with the get upside app today every time you fill up your gas tank you can get 25 cents Per gallon cash back today and if you use promo code touchdown you're gonna get an additional 25 cents per gallon cash back with the get upside app that's up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill today with the get upside app and if you travel a lot like I do or I know Sarah he's constantly traveling back and forth the get upside app can come in clutch when you need it especially in a two-minute drill you can make up to 200 to 300 dollars cash back per month alone when you use the get upside app, depending on how much you drive so get the get upside app today in your app store, once again, promo code touchdown is going to get you fifty cents per gallon cash back today, and they make it easy for you to cash out. You can go to your bank account, PayPal, Amazon, or other gift cards to cash out what you make back when you spend money at the gas pump today. Get the Get Upside app here today. All right, Sarah, let's get into a conversation. I thought you, when we were going back and forth in our text, about you know, hey. This might be something interesting to follow. There's been a lot of talk, and we brought it up in one of our mailbag questions about maybe Caden Stern's involvement a little bit more in the defense. Vic Fangio met with the media, and there was a question asked about whether or not they could see him involved more or if they can see him playing a little bit of that safety role. And he's like, no. Like, So I, I wanted to kind of flip it because we presented it, right? But players who maybe deserve a little bit more playing time for the Denver Broncos and right now and down the stretch of the season – And let's start on the defensive side of the ball. It's hard not to bring up Caden Stearns, right? And why is the reason that? Well, he only played seven snaps in Sunday's action against the Baltimore Ravens. He had three total tackles. He had two tackles for a loss. He had two sacks. And he had a pass breakup in just seven snaps on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Sarah, when you look at that output and you look at that stat line, That is productive. That is efficient. And look, I think the Broncos need to get him involved a little bit more. Like I said, if you play well as a rookie, you deserve to get more playing time. We've seen the Broncos do that. But the question is, will Vic Fangio actually do that?
1: Yeah, and the timing of all this, the timing is is interesting because of the fact that Ronald Darby should be coming back. So... How does that affect the rotation? How does that affect what they do with Pat Sertan the second? You know, do they do they move him back to that dime role? It'll be fascinating to see what Fangio does, because Caden Stearns, like you said, only seven snaps and that kind of per snap effectiveness in terms of making plays is really outstanding. And I think what you mentioned on on the Monday show that we did, Cody, about Stearns really getting an opportunity to maybe switch roles with Kareem Jackson. Of course, if Vic Fangio is shooting that down, we know we won't see it anytime soon. But at the same time, you're always one play away. So I think that would be really fun to see because Stearns, Stearns has such intriguing athleticism. You know, he didn't play well in his final two seasons at Texas after a really big freshman year. Coming out of the the state of Texas as a high school player, one of the best players in the country, had a big freshman season and then kind of just seemed like, Maybe it got to him or maybe injuries played a factor or whatever the case may be. But man, in his first year with the Denver Broncos, he's loading up the stat sheet and limited snaps. I think he's only played 35 defensive snaps in three games at this point, and he's already got an interception. Like you mentioned, he had two sacks against um, against Lamar Jackson, of all people. He had the pass breakup deep downfield against Lamar on that beautiful rollout play where Lamar, frankly, should have hit there. I mean, it, it was right there for the receiver, hit him in the hands, and it would have been a big play had had not been for, for Caden Stearns. So, and that really, that discussion that you brought up on that show, Cody, about Sterns maybe switching roles with Kareem Jackson really inspired me to think like, who are the other players on the Denver Broncos roster that could maybe have that kind of per snap effectiveness if they would just get a little bit more playing time. So I think that's an interesting discussion point, especially considering Specifically, defensively, Vic Fangio doesn't really rotate a ton of players beyond the defensive backfield.
0: Well, and I wanted to bring this up, too, because I I got a lot of questions after I put that out on Twitter. People are like, why? Why would you want to do that? Well, here's the reason why. You know, look, Caden Stearns, in in the last couple of weeks when he's played that dime back role, he's played the run well. He's got an interception when he dropped back to that deeper safety against the Jets. But the thing that stands out to me, and and watching the All-22 tape against the Ravens for Caden Stearns, He understands positioning, alignment, and timing, at least in a small sample size. And he's demonstrated the ability to do it quickly, not showing that he's going to blitz timing it perfectly and i think that's one thing understanding the angles right because anytime if you're being sent as a dime backer and you have a defensive lineman in front of you if he's trying to stunt in a certain area and you're supposed to be at this gap and he doesn't get there what do you do there he didn't hesitate one bit he got there straight lined it and he absolutely blasted lamar jackson and it gave the broncos some momentum and obviously during a time where they were a lifeless unit but when you allow Kareem Jackson, and everyone's going back. at Look, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, from a coverage standpoint against the Ravens, they didn't have a very good game. There were miscommunications. And Vic Fangio had said it, too, on the Hollywood Brown touchdown, What happened was you have Kareem Jackson up top. You have Justin Simmons kind of playing that underneath. And there's a post-safety window that if that quarterback hits it, you have to have the guy in underneath and over the top. They they didn't get enough depth technique-wise underneath on Justin Simmons' part, and they didn't get the depth over the top by Kareem Jackson. So that was on them. And and look, Kareem Jackson, don't go at him on Twitter. He's going to hit you as hard as he hits other guys, too. So stay out of that, the whole thing of trying to talk smack to Kareem Jackson. These are things that can be fixed Sarah, and I think that there's a lot of despair right now in Broncos country, and rightfully so. I understand it. When the Broncos lose a game or when they look the way that they did look as inept as they did against the Ravens, it creates that cause for concern by Broncos fans. that Okay, we're reverting back to what we've seen the last couple of years. I still think it's way too early to do it just yet, so Broncos country, I'm going to continue to plead it. Please just don't hit the panic button yet. I understand the frustration of losing. Sarah and I get it. We understand where you're coming from, but the reality is, when you go back and you actually watch the, the game film, you see things that are so fixable. And you see, if this guy does this right, if he works on his technique right here, maybe they don't have some of the issues that they did. And it's, this stuff is correctable. but Will they correct it? A lot of that's on the coaches. A lot of that's on the players to do it. And we'll have to wait and see in, until Pittsburgh. So, Caden Stern's obviously a player, in my opinion, that deserves more playing time. But, mm-hmm. Sarah, I also want to throw it to you as well. There's a, a guy on the defensive line that kind of stood out to me, especially after watching the all 22. And that's McTelvin a game against the Ravens. He finished the game. He played 17 snaps. He had half sack and he also had a tackle there and he also had a pass deflected at the line of scrimmage in action there this was also another one of those plays that when you look at a stat line and something like that you're like oh well you know that's not too impactful but I would say that for where he was at and when the Broncos this is still when the Broncos had a chance in this game to maybe come back and get some stops McTelvin a game provided a little bit of that boost on that defensive line that they weren't getting earlier on in that game. So, my th- you know, what are your thoughts on McTelvin maybe getting some more playing time?
1: I'm with it 100%, Cody. I think that it's a no-brainer. You know, he wasn't active for the first three games of the season, and based on everything that we had heard coming out of training camp, coming out of the preseason, that was a huge surprise, honestly. It flew under the radar because the Broncos don't really have any injuries on the defensive line right now, and those guys are playing pretty well. Shelby Harris, Mike Purcell, Draymond Jones, of course, and then the backups, Deshaun Williams and and shamar stefan So the the fact that those guys are healthy and playing pretty well up front the Broncos are doing very well against the run, that didn't really highlight the fact that McTelvin Naguin wasn't playing in the first three games, which I think he should have been based on what we had seen and heard about him. So I'm with him playing more 100% and I think that 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 what you just spoke to, 17 snaps and the stats that he racked up and that it's not just statistics, that's production. That Alters the game, you know, a half a sack, a pass batted down at the line of scrimmage. Those are things that can change the the outcome of a game based on the timing of when they happen and things like that. So if that's your per snap effectiveness, give the guy more snaps. We haven't seen that per snap effectiveness from Deshaun Williams or Shamar Steffen quite yet. At least in terms of those those particular categories. So rotate a game into the mix a little bit more. I think that's a smart idea. And I think it would be fascinating to see how that would affect guys like Shelby Harris and Draymond Jones if they're all on the field together at the same time kind of getting after the QB.
0: Tell you what if I'm Coach Kolar I'm trying to figure out hey how do I contain my excitement for that potential lineup on the defensive line I mean for the Broncos I feel like these are two defensive players that probably deserve a little bit more playing time it's really hard to pinpoint maybe other guys on the defense that deserve more playing time I know one guy you wanted to bring up quickly was Baron Browning you want to touch on why?
1: Yeah I think Baron Browning you look at what teams are doing around the league and I'll continue to point back to Micah Parsons and the Dallas Cowboys I realize Micah Parsons a top you know, draft choice he was the the Cowboys first round pick for a reason obviously outstanding at Penn State Definitely more production in college even than Baron Browning at Ohio State. So I get that. I understand that. However, based on Baron Browning's athletic profile and how comparable he actually is to a guy like like Parsons, I feel like you've got to find ways, if you're Vic Fangio, to get creative and get Baron Browning onto the field. Of course, injuries play a role in this. Baron Browning has to be healthy. He has to be able and available to play. But I think, man... There's an opportunity right now with Josie Jewell and Bradley Chubb both injured. Why not find out what you've got in Baron Browning? Look at watch some Dallas Cowboys film. It's crazy to say based on what we saw from them last season, but watch some Dallas Cowboys film and figure out how they're deploying Micah Parsons as a blitzer. They're using him on stunts, they're sending him off the edge. He's getting pressures, he's getting hits, he's getting sacks. So, why not do the same thing with Baron Browning? That's my
0: take. I like it. You know, back spasms were something that kept Baron Browning getting active against the game against the Baltimore Ravens. Part of me wonders, would Vic have used him in any way against Lamar Jackson? I mean, was there a game plan? I don't know if we knew that. I don't know if we'll ever know that, but... Something to kind of pose a question for, but this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers and Najee Harris and the dynamic that he provides out of the backfield, not only just as a rusher, but as a receiver, I think presents an interesting challenge. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment, Sarah and myself, we're going to talk about the offensive players that maybe we feel like deserve a little bit more playing time here for the Broncos coming down the stretch. But before we do that, let me tell you about the two other sponsors. Today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there at Built Bar and BetOnline.ag. And Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market today. And ladies and gentlemen, there is a very special limited time flavor available right now at built.com. It is my personal favorite. You know how much I love peanut butter brownie and also cookie dough chunk, but I tell you my all time favorite built Bar was a limited time flavor and it is the churro puff. The puffs are back and it's very soft. It's like biting through a cloud, not to mention I like the little taste and the flavor of cinnamon. And that is available right now at built.com. So make sure if you're a built Bar fanatic like myself and Sarah Bedinger, make sure you get yourself a churro puff box of built Bar today. Not to mention that they're also the healthiest protein bar on the market. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only four grams of sugar. And the best part about it, Broncos country, you and your family can get a box of Built Bar today by going to built.com and you can get 15% off your next order when you use promo code LOCK15. Once again, promo code LOCK15 is going to get you 15% off your next order at built.com. And our good friends over there, betonline.ag, football season is back and better than ever. We're on to week five, and all eyes are on the gridiron as teams get ready for that midseason push here. And BetOnline is the number one. Source for all things pro football. They have you covered with pro football and college football action all season. And with a new updated site and interface, it makes it easier for you to find the updated odds, props, and all the latest contests that they have at betonline.ag. And you can sign up today by going to the website or using your mobile device, and you can use promo code LOCKEDON. That's going to get you a 50% welcome bonus when you sign up today. Once again, a 50% welcome bonus in your first sign up when you use promo code LOCKEDON. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season at BetOnline.ag. Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Bet Online where the game starts. All right, Sarah, as we jump into today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, our fourth quarter portion of the show. Just a reminder, we want to thank Broncos Country for making Lockdown Broncos their first listen every single day. Thank you so much for tuning in, engaging with Sarah and myself in the comment section. And if you're a Ravens fan, that you're still in the comment section and you made it to this point of the podcast here today, hey, I just want to say good luck to your team the rest of the way we've appreciated the conversation go enjoy that with the the Ravens channels leave leave Broncos fans alone here in the comment section folks come on now but anyways Sarah my friend the offensive side of the ball you know the, the unit right now obviously we look at it against Baltimore It struggled and I was a little horrified when I went back and watched the all 22 because the protection for the Broncos not just the rook not just the rookie at Quinn Miners, not Natani Muthi, not Lloyd Cushberry second year player I'm looking at veteran Graham Glasgow I'm looking at veteran Bobby Massey That whole offensive line unit, Sarah, in my opinion, it was was rough on the eyes. They had a lot of missed opportunities, a lot of poor technique, a lot of misfires. And ultimately, I think that's what cost them in this game was just the the protection, not having time. And obviously, when your quarterback takes shots, it's never a good thing either. Yeah,
1: exactly. And that's what's causing some, I think, just of the frenzy in Broncos country right now. Teddy Bridgewater was playing so well, and obviously not necessarily in the first half of that Baltimore game, but... He was playing so well that now you got your quarterback injured, got him a concussion. I mean, that's definitely cause for concern moving forward. And definitely, you got to point that back at the offensive line. And Garrett Bowles, you know, we've talked about this. Garrett Bowles really pinned the blame. Of this loss on himself and I think that there's some validity to that although players are always their own worst critics obviously Garrett Bowles and Bobby Massey got to take a long look in the mirror I don't think this is Bobby Massey's first poor outing of the season we've called him out a little bit before as well so I do think that the offensive line has kind of shown there's there's a reason to think that man we may need to see some shuffling at some point if it continues this way
0: well that maybe brings up my first player that maybe deserves a little bit more playing time in the offensive line you know maybe if these struggles continue at the right tackle position bobby massey struggles against speed rushers and so when the broncos play some more speed rushers i'm a little concerned just based on technique what they're deciding to do against him the film is out there now on how you can get around bobby massey how you can get around garrett bowles and a lot of it has to do with speed and finesse and that's a little bit of a cause for concern do you bring in a tight end for extra protection on on heavy pass rush sets i mean i don't know what the broncos do but Maybe Calvin Anderson, who, in my opinion, probably can handle some of the faster speed rushers a lot better. It remains to be seen. We don't really know that just yet, but that's kind of up in the air right now, sir. So I know the, the training camp position battle between those guys were close, but... You know, he's one of those players that I have. Who's a player on the offensive side of the ball you feel like maybe deserves a little bit more playing time? Well,
1: I want to start with Eric Saubert, the tight end. You know, I think that we've definitely seen some good stuff from the Broncos' tight ends this year. We've also seen some bad stuff. You know, we had Albert Okuebunam fumble in one of the early games. We also had him drop a pass in this most recent game. So there's that issue going on. My opinion is if if Albert is not making the plays throw a guy out there and see if he can do it. And Eric Saubert is a guy that, man, he's done such a good job blocking when he's been given the opportunity to do so. He averaged about 23 snaps Over the course of the first three games of the season, this past game against the Ravens only played eight snaps. So I think there's obviously an opportunity for Pat Shermer to incorporate him a little bit and just try throwing something. Just throw a dart at the board and see if it hits. You know, that's there's nothing wrong with that. Right. So I think him for sure. And I think you and I are in agreement on a couple of wide receivers that maybe need to get some extra playing time as well.
0: Yeah, well, starting things off, one of them, David Moore, obviously a new acquisition. We thought we were going to see a lot more of him, obviously, because he was activated. And Vic Fangio had said we expect him to play. He only played 31% of the offensive snaps. He got 19 snaps total. And he was more so just a decoy guy. You know, most of the plays that we saw him on, he was in the slot and he would motion around and just be that decoy guy, either on a handoff or he'd run like a bubble. You know, so I don't feel like they utilize him a lot, but... I think it was evident, clear as day, when watching that game film against the Baltimore Ravens. The Broncos they need a wide receiver that can create separation. Tim Patrick can't do that right now. Tim Patrick's a big guy. I don't know if he's going to necessarily create separation to the extent of guys like what KJ Hamler could do, or Jerry Judy absolutely can do. And Cortland Son's not that guy either, especially as he's not 100 yet. He's climbing his way there, and I know a lot of Broncos fans are upset at him because it looked like his effort was down a little bit. I'm never going to sit here and question a player's effort. I think that there was obviously a drop in the entire offense with body language in that second half. But we'll have to see. I think this is going to be a big week for Cortland Sutton. He needs to bounce back game. And obviously it's a big game because guess what? He's returning to Pittsburgh to the place that last Mm -hmm. year he tore his ACL on the road, same opponent this is a big week for Cortland. I know, from a mental standpoint and also from a physical preparation standpoint but David Moore in my opinion deserves a little bit more playing time Sarah
1: absolutely and I agree on that completely and to your point about Cortland Sutton the irony is that it was effort that cost him his season last year right tracking down a player on an interception that was his fault off a, a tip drill so but I'm with you completely on David Moore it, it's it's got to be it's got to be more from him and, and not no pun intended I see what right? you did got to see more got to see more of more, you know, and uh, and I think also Kendall Hinton as well. We called for that last week in particular. And we saw him play 26 snaps after he only played nine snaps in his first two appearances combined. So getting to see a little bit more of Kendall Hinton was nice. I would like to see even more. The Broncos need to find ways to move the chains on third downs. And I think Kendall Hinton is a, is a pretty darn good route runner. You talked about guys that can create separation. I think when you put him in the slot, he's capable of doing that. And he showed that he had one of it one of uh, a really big play taken off the board in this game by Gary, Bowl's holding penalty as well so three targets for Kendall Hinton one reception that, mo- that moved the chains you know no no surprise there I'm not saying that he's going to go out there and be some all pro pro bowl player but man I would love to see him and David Moore both getting a bit more playing time as we've seen the Broncos really transition to a lot of 12 and 13 personnel offensively I think you've got an opportunity to really rotate these two backup receivers into the mix get them involved in the passing game and like we've been calling for man those guys, they can help you out in the yak department, especially David Moore. I think he's going to be a guy that can really help you there with his speed and his size. He's built like a running back. So I'm really intrigued to see how they open things up in the passing game with the guys they have and hopefully add another body at that position because right now they just don't have
0: it. Bare bones right now, but it would be really cool if the Broncos get these things going. They obviously get more David Moore. Like I said, that might be the pun tagline of the week. So Broncos country, you can thank Sarah for that. But with that said, Broncos country, let us know in the comment section down below on YouTube what offensive or what defensive players you feel like deserve more playing time for the Broncos this week against the Steelers and the coming weeks ahead. Let us know. We'll respond and we love interacting with you there. So make sure you hit that like button on the YouTube video. Make sure you hit subscribe and turn on notifications if you haven't done so already. And just want to say thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. For your second listen, go check out the Lockdown Nuggets podcast hosted by Adam Mata. The Nuggets had their first NBA preseason game in MPJ. Looks the part. Busy bones getting busy. Mike Malone's going to love him this season. If you're a Nuggets fan, Adam met more heavy cover. With everything you need to know for all things Denver Nuggets related. But with that said, I'm Cody Work. Speaking for my co-host, Sarah Bedinger, We are going to be back tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show, Crossover Thursday, with host Chris Carter of Locked On Steers. We can't wait to break down and preview Sunday's action here on the Locked Broncos podcast.